Welcome to the Faithful with a Little podcast. I'm your host, Lori Bradley. I'm a wife, mama, blogger, wedding coordinator, and securities licensed financial educator who is passionate about encouraging you in your journey with Jesus Christ. Let's be honest, we desire more because we weren't created to be stagnant. What if I told you the secret to more was to first be faithful with a little? Yes, God has purpose for the in-between season of where you are and where you want to be. In this podcast, I'll bring you raw, honest conversation about what it takes to faithfully walk out whatever life throws at you. From simple finance concepts that will help you get ahead to hearing from a variety of guests on how they tackle their in-between season. Being faithful with a little won't be easy, but it sure will be worth it. Welcome to episode number six. Today, I have a really special friend on the podcast, and the whole topic is going to be around the fruit of obedience. And so as you'll hear, she's actually a missionary overseas. And with that, she's had to give up quite a few things in order to be where the Lord has called her. And so with that, I have just seen her ups and her downs, but how faithful she has walked them out. And I know um, both on this side of eternity and in heaven, she's going to reap um, so much from all of the things that she she does for the Lord. And so I'm excited to have you listen to her and also just to hear how you can live on mission with wherever you're at. Um, I know most of you listening, including myself, have never really felt called to overseas missions. And so what does it look like for you to live on mission where the Lord calls you. And so we're going to talk about that as well. So to start off, um, I will say that we cannot say this person's name. And so you will not hear her name in this episode. That is for security purposes. She is in a part of the world um, where the gospel is not welcome. And so to keep her protected, we will not be sharing her name. But without further ado, why don't you just go ahead and say hi and tell us a little bit about who you are. Hi, Lori. Hey, it's so hard not to say your name. (laughs) I know. I hope I don't say my name. (laughs) We can edit it out if you do. Yeah. Well, I just want to say thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be on the podcast and just really proud of all the work that you've put into this. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And so for those of you listening, I'm 29. I have an older sister who has two sets of twins. So I'm an aunt to four, well, two nieces, two nephews. And I love to run really just to be outside in any way. I've become a reader in 2020. So that's been exciting. (laughs) And so why just in 2020 have you picked up reading? Well, so I was a third grade teacher for two years before I moved overseas. And I remember someone saying that you can't fake liking reading to your students. And so if you want your students to be readers, you yourself have to be a reader. Mm. And so that kind of helped me to have a desire to become a reader. Okay. And so then I'm kind of into New Year's resolution. So I set a New Year's resolution to read 20 books in 2020. Wow. Since it was, you know, the 20 and I did it. So good for you. I did not know that. That's so awesome. Yeah. So I feel like at first me being a reader was loving children's books, but I have graduated to adult books. Nice. (laughs) 
That's awesome. Okay. I kind of interrupted. Anything else you wanted to share about yourself before I share a little bit more about how we know each other? No, I think that's it. Okay. Awesome. I know it's a little awkward when you ask somebody to to tell about themselves. So you did a good job. <laughs> um, well, yeah. So I met this person. Actually, um, it was the summer after my freshman year of college. We went on a summer mission trip um, locally in the U.S. Actually, I say locally, but here in the, in the States. Um, and we did not know each other before that, but we met there and really didn't actually become better friends, I guess, until like the last week of that 10 week long mission trip. Um, and so I remember I almost said your name. Um, you actually <laughs> approached me and just wanted to hang out more um, at the end of that trip. And it kind of just sparked, 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 sparked a friendship. Um, and then throughout college, we would travel um, back and forth to see each other here and there. Um, I remember actually after my college breakup, uh, I went and saw you for a weekend and got away and that was, uh, very healing. And so, um, yeah, you've been a good friend in that regard. And then when we were, what you were in your last year of college and I was in my second to last year, um, I believe we went to passion and if you've never do a passion conference, it is legit and really big things happen. And so when we were there, they had mm-hmm. done, a talk about missions. And I remember there was a call to action and they had asked anybody who not only felt called to missions, but that um, was going to commit to missions to stand up and make that, that proclamation boldly. And I remember you stood up next to me and you were crying and I put my hand on you and just remember praying that, you know, the Lord would be with you as you seek out these, this next step and that I would be faithful to support you in it. And so, um, I've gotten to see you from when you stood up and and made that claim to actually going and doing and being obedient. And so that's been really neat to, to watch you, um, just be faithful. So anyways, that's a little bit about how we know each other. So to kind of get started and kick us off today, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and what does your day-to-day look like as a missionary overseas? Well, I do want to say that that's funny that you remember me crying in that moment because I definitely remember the crying too. (laughs) There's a lot going uh, on. Yeah. The Lord moves. But currently, I'm a worker in Asia. I've lived there for four years. My first two years there, my focus was learning language, culture, and tools to share the gospel. Then I moved to a new city and joined a sub team of three local believers. And all of my teammates who are locals came from a Muslim background and are now believers. So explain that a little bit more real quick. So you say local. So you have a team of people who are from the States and then you have people that are there that have converted to Christianity. Yes. So the sub team that I'm on now is three local believers who have come to faith. That's so cool. And then, yeah, it's really great to be a part of their team because they just have so much knowledge of Islam and how to share well with others and Mm -hmm. 
they know the language, they know how to, you know, not offend people when sharing different things like that. And so I've learned so much from them being on their team. And so for the first year on that team, it was just me, it was just us four. And now in 2020, another American girl has joined our team. So it's five of us who work together. And our team does outreach in two different areas. We outreach to our city that we live in. And then we also outreach in a mountain area that's two and a half hours from where we live. And there's a UPG located there. And so UPG just stands for Unreached People Group, which means that the people living there, there are very few of any evangelical believers in that area. And most likely, many of these people will live and die without ever hearing the name of Jesus. Wow. Yeah. So by God's power and yeah, mercy, grace, all of that, our team has been able to see many people come to faith in this UPG. And now our main focus is training key believers so that they can lead their own house churches, build up new believers and share their faith with those in their community. Wow, that is really, really cool. So I've heard a lot of people say, how do I know what God wants me to do? To which my general response is, we'll pray about it. And if you don't sense a specific direction, then just pick whichever direction you want and do it into the Lord. I actually read this book one time called Just Do Something. And the end of the book was so refreshing because it literally just said, Sometimes we're not called into something specific, and so we don't have to have analysis paralysis, but we can just pick something, and whatever we pick, we choose to glorify God in it to the best of our ability. But we also see specific times throughout Scripture where sometimes the Lord does call people to specific things or places. So one of the stories that immediately comes to my mind is Jonah and the whale. He was being called to Nineveh, and he did not want to go. And so in that, the Lord obviously had him be swallowed up by the whale until he decided to be obedient to the call because God had a specific call and thing for him to do in Nineveh. He was being called there for a higher purpose. And so what events led up to you knowing that you were being called into a specific direction and to the specific place that you are in missions today? Yeah, so there's been kind of two major things in my life, I would say, where God has talked to me, helped me realize that this is what he's calling me to do. The first came when I was in college. So in college is when I became a true believer. And as I grew in my faith, I learned that it was important for me to share my faith with others. But personally, I believe that I should only share with those who don't believe in God at all, because I knew that if someone of a different faith were going to share what they believed with me, that I would listen to them, but I would never change my beliefs to believe what they believe. Okay. So I thought, you know, I should only share with atheists. Mm. But through the story of a man from Kazakhstan, God helped me realize that that's not right. Mm. And this man shared that he was a Muslim growing up, that one day when he was just walking in the streets, he saw a crowd of people around a man who was speaking about Jesus. And he didn't know who Jesus was, but felt like he must be important since there were so many people gathered to hear about him. And so eventually he became a believer. 
from what he learned through the man who was sharing about Jesus. And that's when God just started opening my eyes to see that there are people who don't know about Jesus. But more importantly, in that moment, God helped me to see that he is the one true God. And because of that, when people hear about him, no matter what they believe, they will turn from those false idols and follow him. And so that was the first thing that kind of was spurring in my heart, the Mm. Lord is doing. Wow. And the second one came uh, at Passion, like you were saying earlier. Okay. The years, there were probably three years in between when I heard that man's story and I went to Passion. And along that way, I was, you know, intentionally getting to know international students at my college campus because someone helped me to realize that, you know, God is sending the nations to our colleges here in America and we can share with them in hopes that they'll take back what they believe this new faith in Jesus to their families. Mm. But along that way, there are a lot of hardships that I face and it just really affected me. It, It made me build this wall up to God and kind of say, you know what, I'm not going overseas because you know, I don't like what's happening on going on in my life. And so I'm going to say no to that, God, because I don't want to do that. Oh, wow. So obviously but those then, were like, was that, I guess, a season where you just like had those reservations and then you were about to say like something happened to obviously help you overcome that hurdle? Yeah. So when I went to Passion, I was still, you know, I was still a believer, but I was just kind of like, I'm done with sharing with others. I'm not going to go overseas. Like, that's not what I want to do. But then when I was at Passion, God was, of course, doing things in my heart. You know, he can't thwart his plan. Nothing can thwart his plan. Mm. And so I remember one of the nights, the speaker just saying, you know, if you feel like God's calling you to go overseas, tell people about Jesus, stand up. And I felt this feeling in my heart that I should stand up. I was like, I don't want to stand up, God. Like, this can just stay between me and you. Like, I know I know what you're telling me, and I don't need to stand up to know this. And I remember also not wanting to stand up because I was sitting next to you. And then I got <laughs> another guy that I kind of liked. And was I remember him. At the time. <laughs> so I was like, If I stand up next to him, this is going to be so awkward. And Mm. so I was just like, no, I'm not going to stand. But as I sat there, I was also thinking about, okay, what does it truly mean to commit to going? And that means I'm going to have to leave my family. Mm. And I just had this fear that they would think I don't love them if I go. And then, of course, in my life, God moves through crying. So I just started <laughs> crying. <laughs> and again, it's awkward because I'm next to this guy. And then I just, I stand uh, making that commitment that I would go. And mm-hmm. so those were kind of the, that another time where God was recalling me to go. And then after that, I graduated college. I taught for two years, but knowing, but as I taught, I was also doing trainings and different things to prepare to go. Okay. Um, 
but as it came closer to going, I was committed to a team. I was having to go and talk to my principal and assistant principal, tell them I'm not coming back next year and quit. I remember just being really sad. I didn't want to leave teaching because I really liked it and just kind of felt like, why do I have to leave this, God, if I enjoy it so much? And he just helped me to see that, you know, Jesus left carpentry to start his ministry. So in a sense, he left his job to do ministry. And so just with that example of Jesus, I felt like, okay, if Jesus can do this, like I can too. It doesn't make it easier, but it makes it possible. Mm. You said a few things in there that really hit me. One was that from the time you committed to go to the time that you actually went, there was a few years in between that. And then not only that, but then you had two specific years where you knew you were going to be going, but you actually hadn't gone yet. So you were preparing to leave, right? Um, And Mm -hmm. so I just feel like that is so applicable to like anybody who's listening when something's been put on our heart that we're supposed to be doing that doesn't automatically mean that it happens tomorrow. It means that there's specific work that has to be done in order to prepare the way for said thing. And so I think that's really powerful and um, that you specifically shared the the time frame of everything, because I think a lot of times we see someone who's maybe just in missions or doing something that we want to be doing or that we admire. And we just think they just got there overnight. Um, but obviously that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so does being on mission always look the same? And then how would you encourage someone to live on mission who may not be called into, let's say, vocational missionary or vocational um, missions or maybe vocational ministry? What does that look like for them? I think that living on mission looks different in different seasons, but I think it's kind of the same for each person in the sense of to live on mission is just looking at and understanding the season of life that you're in and then asking God how he desires to use you. Mm. And so for me, my first two years in country, I was focused on learning language and culture. Mm. So that meant I wasn't always going out and sharing my faith, which was hard at first because, you know, you go thinking like, okay, I, sh- I have to be sharing every day, yeah, you know, or else why am I here? Right. But I learned that in that season of my life, the way for me to live on mission was to study language and culture well and to build relationships with my teachers and encourage them as much as I could. And so I think to live on mission is to do the things that are part of your life well for the Lord and to also care for the people around you and be ready and willing to share the gospel with others. Mm, That's good. And I think a practical way to do this is to just to look for ways to care for the people that God's placed in your life. If they're believers, try to encourage them in their walks with God Mm. and be vulnerable about the things going on in your life. I'll never forget a sermon that I heard where the pastor said a way to love others is to confess your sins because that then allows the other person to not feel like they have to be perfect around you. And it's a safe place for them to 
confess their sins and that's what God wants for us to do. Mm-hmm. And then for the people around you that aren't believers, I would encourage you to get to know them, truly care for their needs and their hurts, find ways to have spiritual conversations with them, and also be honest about the things going on in your life and how you're relying on God to help you through them. Because another story that I heard was from another missionary who said a a non-believer came up to them and said, you know, it's easy to trust God when things are going great. But what speaks to me is how you're trusting God when things aren't going well. Mm. And so I think just being honest about hard things and not just putting on this face of, oh, everything's so easy for me because I'm a believer Mm -hmm. can really speak to to believers and non-believers in our lives. Yeah, that's so true. I think people just want authenticity, right? They just want to know that you're human. Um, And so that's good. Uh, So I almost just said your name again. This is, I've been, this is good though. I'm on a record. What, what are some of the hardships that come with being away from everything that was once comfortable to you? Yeah, there are definitely hardships with being away. You know, I can't have my comfort foods like Mexican food, chips and queso, mm-hmm. guacamole, things mm. like that. You make me hungry. <laughs> um, I also can't just wear whatever I want outside of my house because of culture. It's modesty is very valued there. And so wearing shorts is completely out of the question. Interesting. So just kind of those things, I think overall I've struggled with just having to fight comparison because I can see with social media, you know, I can be connected with what's going on in America and see all these people getting to eat Chick-fil-A whenever they want to or, (laughs) you know, wear shorts when it's summer and it's hot outside and I can't do those things. You know, Mm -hmm. when it's hot, I'm wearing pants and sometimes even you know, long sleeve shirts. And so just, yeah, I've had moments of being like, how come I can't be that person, God? How come I can't share with those in America and have those comforts? Um, Because I would like that too. And so that's kind of a struggle for me. And then also just missing out on family time. Like I said, I'm an aunt. So I've been missing out on the younger years of my nieces and nephews. And I can just feel guilty sometimes of not being able to celebrate their birthdays or other things like first day of school, last day of school Mm. with them and just being so far away from them can be really hard at times. Mm -hmm. Well, and I'll even say for anybody listening who does have a friend that is in missions, maybe overseas specifically, who are, you know, struggling through some of these things that you just listed. Um, I know there's been times that you've come to me and just really struggling in the moment with those. Um, right now, I think we're kind of talking about them as kind of more hindsight, even though I know they hit you at times still, but I would encourage any listeners who have friends overseas to really be a support system and pray for those people, um, that, you know, are in the thick of it. Um, because you guys do make sacrifices and the Lord sees it. And I know it doesn't go unnoticed, but I know prayer also helps, 
um, in those moments. I know you're, you've reached out to me and just asked for prayer because you're, you're missing your family or, um, like you said, it's hot and you just want to go run in a tank top and, um, you can't. And so you're making sacrifices, um, that the Lord sees for a greater cause. And I just think that that takes a really special, um, person. So I don't know, you've always encouraged me, um, even in your struggles, I see you and I'm like, wow, I, I, I take so much for granted and you kind of bring me back down to earth. So anyways, um, so how have there been times that you haven't been obedient in this journey? Um, tell us about maybe, um, a season where maybe you didn't trust the Lord or, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We're, we're talking about the fruit of obedience. I think the overall, um, picture of your life has been, even though it's been hard, you've done the hard thing that you've been called to, but has there been a time where you just flat out didn't obey maybe? Hmm. I think the, the biggest area of disobedience for me is how I spend my time. Mm. I think that's what I, kind of use as a weapon against God like oh well I'm not gonna do this for you so I'm gonna spend my time how I want it Mm. and so yeah I think I can do that with just getting on Instagram and checking out different things like that and so I have to just kind of be aware of how I'm spending my time and making sure that I set limits to, you know, how much I'm on my phone or things like that. And I think also, I don't know if I could say this is disobedience, but I think I can't just question at times, you know, I'm a single woman. And so I can be like, okay, God, like, what about me? Like, when Mm -hmm. is it my time to be married? Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't say it's disobedience obedience but it's more of like do I trust God right with that no do I, think I trust that makes complete his sense. timeline for me mm-hmm. and having to make sure I'm not trying to take it into my own hands because it can feel like oh because I'm overseas I'm choosing singleness but in my heart I'm like no I don't want to choose I'm not choosing singleness I'm just in a different spot mm-hmm you know, so having to remember that me being overseas does not affect my singleness. And I could be in America for the rest of my days and be single as well. So. Yeah, no, singleness is, is a real struggle though. And I know that that's been something else where, you know, you're like, there's not as many guys here. And so it is hard and you don't know, um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're not sure how long you're going to stay overseas. I know it started, I think, with a two-year stint, and then every year you haven't felt called to come home yet, and so you're just trusting the Lord in that and with your future. Um, So, yeah. What, um, so what fruit have you experienced? Obviously, we've kind of hit on some of these things, but specifically, if you can think about what fruit have you experienced since responding in obedience, since saying yes, since going overseas and being where the Lord has specifically called you? Um, have you, have you been able to actually pinpoint any fruit from that? I think the fruit that I feel the most is peace and joy when I am choosing to live in obedience. Hmm. And I felt that a lot this year, 
you know, quarantine happened and just everything with COVID, we weren't able to go out as much. And so again, just that kind of identity you have as like, oh, I'm a worker. I should be out sharing my faith every day, every second and not being able to do it like that. Um, But I was obedient to the Lord and how I spent my time with him, different things like that. And so I did feel him bringing me peace and joy when everything on the outside just seemed like chaos and I shouldn't be feeling that way. I was able to have joy and peace in those moments. And I think I even can feel that too when I choose to trust God with my singleness. It Mm -hmm. can not be a worry of mine anymore because I trust him and it's not this burden. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you shared a lot about who you are and what you do and the fruit that you have experienced from being obedient and encouraging other people to do the same. And now I want to ask you a couple fun bonus questions that I ask every guest who comes on the show. And so the first bonus question is, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Wow. What a question. (laughs) (laughs) I would say the best piece of advice I've received is from a time when I was going to counseling kind of something that I deal with throughout my life is just feeling like I don't know enough. I'm not where I should be in life, whether that's, I don't know, professionally or spiritually, things like that. And so I just remember this woman asking me, well, do you believe God is good? And do you believe that God doesn't withhold things from you? Mm. And my answer to both of those questions is yes. And so then this person was like, well, then that means that you know exactly what you're supposed to know at this point in your life. And you're exactly where you're supposed to be at this point in your life. And if, if you were supposed to know something, God would have you know that. Mm. And so I kind of have to remind myself that like those two questions, Mm -hmm. I have to ask myself and remember when I'm having those moments of just yeah, doubting what I'm doing or yeah, just having those insecurities. Yeah. No, I have to tell myself that all the time, remind myself that God does not withhold any good thing. Um, I actually, I just looked it up to see, cause I remember there's a, there's a Bible verse. I need to memorize it. Um, but it's, it talks about God does not withhold any good thing from you. He gets great joy and pleasure from being good to his children. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like so many people can relate to that and we're not where we're, where we want to be, or we don't know what we think we should know. Um, you're so right. in in that God does not withhold from us. And so, wow, that's powerful. Um, so final bonus question for you is what is a resource or maybe some resources that you would suggest to someone listening um, to this episode that may want more information on what we talked about today? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I think my recommendation would be some books. Okay, which ones? Um, I would say, well, I have a couple 
there's two from the same author, The Insanity of God and The Insanity of Obedience. And those are both by Nick Rifkin. Okay. The Prodigal God by Timothy Keller. Timothy Tim Keller, Keller is my favorite. And then there's also a really good one called The Spirit Walk by Steve Smith. Okay. And I would just say that um, my recommendation is really just to have a firm foundation in your faith and um, just through that, like God will show you what he wants you to do. And so I think these books and these resources help you to kind of grow in your faith. But also I would say the Bible is first, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but each of these books, I've really enjoyed and have had an impact in my life. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing those resources today. If you are maybe driving right now or walking your kiddo around the neighborhood, maybe you've got a handful of laundry, you can scroll on down to the show notes whenever you get a chance. I will have all four of those resources listed there. So if you wanted to grab those later, you, later, you can. Uh, But other than that, I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing a bit about what you do in order to encourage other people to be obedient to whatever the Lord is calling them to. So thank you again for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. Yay. Awesome. For all you listeners out there, just remember that being obedient is not always easy. But when you are faithful in it, it is always worth it. Thank you for listening to the Faithful with a Little podcast. For more information, show notes, a free financial plan, wedding coordinating requests, access to my blog, and more, go to faithfulwithalittle.com. If you like what you heard today, hit that subscribe button so you never miss a future episode. And make sure you give this podcast a five-star review so more people are able to find it and listen in.